This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we're going to be reviewing one of my picks. We're reviewing a ridiculous titled graphic novel, um, but that is actually really good. And I think kind of deep in some ways. But that ridiculous title is Six Gun Gorilla. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> the Griller. <laughs> um, but I love it. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's my favorite miniseries of all time. And I come back to it over and over again, and I find new stuff in it every time. There's more to think about, more to chew on. And, um, and I noticed something about the ending this time that I've never noticed. Before. Somehow I've never caught before. And it kind of changed the whole ending for me. So, and the reason I picked it for the show is just, uh, it was an excuse to read it again for one. Um, but also I just, um, I wanted to talk about it with you guys. I just thought it would be a fun, a fun discussion for the podcast. So that's, that, it's that simple. It was a good one. I went with no, uh, no expectations from it and actually enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way for you to go into stuff, Sam. If the that art's really going to be quirky or there's not going to be any colors, <laughs> just keep those expectations low, man. <laughs> and there was color this time. Pretty good coloring, too. Surprisingly good color. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was a little nervous, though. I'm not going to lie to tell you all to read something called Six Gun Gorilla. <laughs> it's but, not the worst uh, thing we've done. You, you you keep saying that. I know you mean Black Hammer, but I don't agree with you. <laughs> he was being nice and not saying the title. He was just going to leave it open for interpretation. <laughs> Take it how you want. Hey, you you did you did pick the worst art we've done though. That John Romita mean, Jr. All Star Batman looked terrible. It was. Oh yeah. I, but I enjoyed the story on that. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. I mean, we're not reviewing that this week, but that was a shame because it was a, it was an awfully fun story. It was just oh, some yeah. of those pages were hard to look those at. Those faces, but. man, the faces were rough. Yeah. But speaking of Batman, one of the distinctive things about our show is we give our live action Batman grades. And, and these are based on the quality of actors who have played Batman in live action. And they start from best to worst being Bill Affleck, Keaton West, Kilmer, and poor George Clooney. Uh, Josh, you want to go first? What was your grade? Uh, sure, I'll go first. Uh, I went with a Keaton on this one. Uh, Jamie's making a weird face. I thought he was going to. Uh, I really like the story on this, but that art was a little bit too quirky for me, so that dropped it a full grade down on the yard. I would have went with an uh, Affleck. Uh, not, not my favorite art style. So we got it. Wow, keep. usually Sam's the picky one on the art. Well, Sam, Sam what's your grade? <laughs> Well, I kind of agree with Josh on that. I, I was going to give it a Keaton, then I read it my third time reading it through. I was like, you know what? This story is good. I'm going to give it Affleck just for the story alone. The art almost brought it down to her Keaton, but I settled on Affleck. Like I said, it took me three reads to, to get it up to that. Hmm. Well, I'm going all the way up to Bale on this one. Um, I actually really enjoy the art. Which, I mean, I think we've established I'm the, the quirkiest of us when it comes to art styles, but um i really enjoy the art i like the way um especially he draws the monkey man or ape whatever whatever a griller is um, six gun. yeah whatever six gun is um i love the way he draws that guy i mean just look he looks so menacing the whole time but uh 
and I, I, I we'll get to it. There's a whole art segment coming up later there on. But I, I, enjoy, I enjoy the art. Um, I think it's really smart. I think it's thought provoking. It makes me think about storytelling. It makes me think about um, the nature of story and how and the role it should play in our lives and all, all that kind of just makes me think so much. And um, I, I just that that pushes it for me all the way up to bail. And I like the art. So whatever. You guys know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, you're outnumbered on this one, so. Yeah. Defensive much? A, a, a little. I know I know it's weird. I I, I knew when I suggested it. I'm like, this is kind of weird. I don't, I'm not sure if they're going to like it or not. But I'm I know you had to put a full month or six weeks in between Black Hammer and this because <laughs> you guys you got scared, so. Yeah, I that the Black Hammer episode left me a little scarred. I, I you know had to protect myself a little bit. I've got another weird one way down the schedule too. So, um, but you know, I took I took another one completely off. I haven't got brave and put it back on yet. Probably smart. But, uh, so, but moving further into our um, uh, review of uh, Six Gun Gorilla, we're gonna have to play a spoiler warning, and so we're gonna play our nuclear klaxon now. And once you hear the klaxon. After that, it's on you. Spoilers are ahead. And as I said, if you're still listening and you don't want to be spoiled, well, look, you know what? You shouldn't be listening. You can, you, you've got a pause button on your device. It's on you. So, so here's the summary. And I think this is a pretty good one. Um, it's definitely better than last week's. <laughs> that's not hard though no, that's not not a hard hard bar to clear uh so he, here's the summary for six gun gorilla welcome to the blister a bizarre other world colonized by humans sometimes in the 22nd century did you all catch a date anywhere in this thing not one time i didn't either the i was curious thing i saw is when they were talking about the uh coalition where they were trying to sit down and have their thing they said something about 47 Huh. That is yeah, like twenty one forty seven or twenty forty seven or anything like that, but yeah. Well, anyway, so it's this other world colonized in the twenty second century, which quickly becomes a hotly contested source of fertile land and natural resources long ago exhausted on Earth. In this new frontier, a rogue gunslinger and his companion wander across a wilderness in the grips of a civil war, encountering lawlessness, natives, and perversions of civilization in a world at the crossroads between the past and the future. The fact that said gunslinger is a biosurgically modified silverback gorilla toting a pair of enormous revolvers, revolvers is neither here nor there. <laughs> that, that previous man. <laughs> um, that's a pretty good. I mean, it doesn't really ca- capture everything, but we'll probably get into that as we talk about the story. Um, and our so our, and our creator credits are this was created and written by Simon Spurrier. Um, who wrote a really good X-Force run, I've heard, Sam. Um, he wrote the one after the one that you had us review. Okay. Um, and then uh, the art was by Jeff Stokely, that I appreciated more than you guys did. Uh, the colors were by Andre May, and letters by Steve Wands. And I think those guys all did pretty good work, and we'll definitely get into those colors when we get to the art. Um, and then... So for the bulk, I mean, the heart of our review is in the graphically novel pyramid. And this is where we we discuss the three elements that we believe you have to have for a good graphic novel. That's story, art, and characters. And so, Josh, you're nodding real hard over there. I'm, you're, you're doing your, you know, 
video you you think you're on a video podcast i can tell sometimes but <laughs> no i was just trying to get the nodding out of the way while you were talking so <laughs> <laughs> that we were depending on me for a reply and i was just nodding i was getting it all done he's like charlie chapman over here in a silent movie <laughs> <laughs> well josh what did you think of the story lead, lead us off uh the story is by far the strongest uh strongest part uh that's what kept it out of Keaton. If the story had been any any less good, it would have been a West uh, with me. So the story was its saving uh, saving grace. Uh, I, I was getting like a Ray Bradbury Fahrenheit 451 kind of feel, where media has really changed from classic literature and storylines uh, to pretty much everything's uh, just reality TV, and people have not forgotten how to use their imagination and stuff. So really it was kind of like a uh, social commentary more than it was a graphic novel. If you kind of dig into the story, I mean, it really highlights kind of what's going on, I think. Uh, so yeah, it, it was good. It's deep. Like you said, I've read it twice. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff. If I went back and hit a third or fourth read through, <laughs> I would probably pick some more up. Uh, yeah, that was it. And uh, I think they even mentioned at one point uh, all the old fiction crap, <laughs> that he used to deal with as a librarian. It's like, you know, they don't even have yeah, fiction they were clueless. anymore. Yeah, there's clueless. Yeah, they were talking about some, like, lies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they didn't even know what, what uh, fiction was. Yeah. Sam, what were you were saying? I said, I, 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 I'm like, Josh, I really enjoyed the story. I, I like how you, you can take it two ways. You can take it at face value, just read it. It's a good comic. But then if you can think about our society and how it relates to what what's happening to us, you know, with all the... Like Josh said, uh, reality shows and all that stuff. We're, we're, we're losing part of our, our, our literature, our history and stuff. And it's it's, it's very thought-provoking with it. And that, that's what I like. Cause it does, like. It's got a deeper meaning behind it. And you don't normally get that out of a graphic novel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. That's, I mean, that's part of why I love it so much. And, I mean, one, one of my hobbies, I mean, I write fiction. And so I, I really enjoyed the way that, that Simon Spurrier, this is, I mean, in a way, it's, this whole thing is kind of a love letter to storytelling. And, um, and, and, the, and that kind of, and the, and the power of fiction, too, about how, how, how important it is to, to have imagination in, in our lives. But also, there's shade thrown at all kinds of people <laughs> here. There's, like so he's throwing shade at reality like you guys talked about reality tv he's throwing shade there and then at the end of the thing he's t- the especially when the griller and uh the assassin are, are fighting there's all this talk about endings about how you how, what you need for a good story is an end and it really feels like he's slamming marvel and dc for <laughs> for for just you know a thousand issues of the fantastic four and 800 issues of spider-man all that kind of like it just really yep. felt like right. yeah it was like throw, throwing shade toward the big two there and yeah, uh, I think that's what uh, the assassin or uh, the griller says. He's like, you know, good or bad doesn't matter. You just got to have an ending. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he and he I think he he doesn't work for the big two anymore. Like Simon Spurrier refuses to work for them. And when he did the, his X-Force run, he committed to write like a limited run. Like he wasn't going to write an ongoing series. And right. so he so he really does believe that he, he puts it into practice. Um, but uh be scary having right with something for Marvel DC because he'd just kill everybody off to end it. Come back from that, guys. <laughs> um, but also, I felt like he was also like criticizing people who get so obsessed with stories that they don't live life either. Yeah. 
because because the the main character who we never really get a name for most of the story like i think they mentioned his name like once or twice but he's just blue he's this you know this um but he was so obsessed with stories that he 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 forgot to even live his own life and it led to the point where he was a suicidal camera for a man you know um but so it, so he's kind of advocating like a balance there. Like we need to actually embrace the life that's around us, but also we're we're impoverishing ourselves if we don't have imaginations that have you know fuel from stories and fictions. And so um, I just I, I love that. There's like there's so many directions and so much, maybe almost too much. Like there's like uh, there might be a few points where like the the narrative actually gets lost. And uh, yeah, it, issues five and six really hit hard on the on the reality side of it on on driving the story points home versus the actual story the comic is it's more of oh this is you know kind of a viewpoint more than a storyline yeah but we didn't i mean the the summer didn't really get into it but the main character is a guy who was in a uh, a librarian (laughs) apparently was running a museum nobody went (laughs) yeah i was gonna say is there still a library (laughs) it was a library museum (laughs) yeah but um, he was so obsessed with his work that he ended up, um, his wife left him and they got a divorce and he got depressed and suicidal and he went to the blister but as a camera, basically, and they put cameras in his eyes. And so people back home could watch it as apparently they were all obsessed with it. Like people are at work doing construction, <laughs> watching his camera feed as he was trying to die in battle in the blister. Yeah. And so I, I think learned- this channel too had uh, different people. So you can watch different people's perspective. Yeah, but uh, and the sort of the narrative is is once he gets there, he gets sucked into like a reason to live. He was going to help this general, and, and then we turn out. It turns out there's it's all the whole thing, the whole blister war, is a setup for the TV channel. It's like the the war is entirely fake. I mean, the the generals know that it's fake. The the foot soldiers don't know, um, and that's the sort of the narrative. But really, the narrative is only half the point. I mean, I, I mean, you, they make you care about the characters, but he's also he's got all these points he's trying to make. Um, yeah, and I, and I feel like Blue is just he's like you said he's on the other end of the spectrum from everybody that's so involved in the reality TV stuff that they're just in their headsets all the time not living their life because they're trying to live other people's lives well he's on the he's doing the same thing but instead of doing it with virtual reality he's doing it in fiction in books yeah, and he, stories he and, you know, and he, he's not living his life either he's just not doing it with virtual reality he's going old school reading books but same yeah. thing he's not living his life it felt like kind of a subtle point too. Like it wasn't just like, "Hey, we should read more." Also, it's like, "Hey, live life too." Like you got to right. find a balance. And I, I felt like, I mean, that's not a a thing I've ever really encountered anywhere else. Right. I don't. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> issue five, man. Really, when they started, you could see the the story coming together with the the people back on Earth were kind of waking up and like, man, we need to see an end. What's going on? What's happening? Yeah. It wasn't just here's a guy that's he's a camera for a day and he dies, and then there's another guy and he dies. You know, they were getting into story and they realized, oh, we like stories. We like a beginning, middle, and end, not just <laughs> you know gore and blood and guts. And I, I thought it was like funny, like how they were like, I'm feeling things. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were like trying to talk themselves through it. <laughs> And the uh, and the like the the TV producer was like, "What is this? People wanting satisfying narratives? What's up with that?" <laughs> yeah, when did that start happening? <laughs> it's rating gold. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the ratings, man. That's all it was. That was 
you know, that was all he cared about. Kind of like uh, uh, the Running Man. Oh, yeah, Running Man. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought that about that. That was real similar to that because, you know, they were doing real-time ratings and stuff was happening. They were changing the story and doing stuff, and it was all about the ratings. It was all about money. That's a good callback. Good catch, Josh. I thought of Mojo instead from where Shatterstar's from. Yeah, that's another good one. Except uh, they um, are, are less unsightly here in Six King Gorilla. The the spineless ones from the Mojoverse are uh, they're tough to look at sometimes. Yeah. Speaking uh, of things that are tough to look at, um, you guys uh, didn't like the art here. Uh, well, hang on a second. Before a fantastic segue. <laughs> I, I want to hold it up here. I, I got a few questions about the story. The actual okay. story. I do too. Oh, yeah. Not, oh, okay. I, I thought I thought we had petered out. All right, go ahead. Right, I'll go first. I want to do the first question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So they talk about how fertile this blister is. You know, it's where all the corn or whatever, all the food comes from too much anymore. But how is yeah. it fertile when every day at noon, everything gets fried? <laughs> they've, they've got blaze shelters. They, they cover the crops. Oh, is that what happens? Yeah. the the Miss um, okay. Dora talks about that. It, it's not mentioned a whole bunch. I mean, but it, it is talked about, but it's just in passing. Yeah, I think uh, what Jasper says something after the blaze storm hits him. He's like, what are they doing? He's like, all oh, the, the stone's malleable for a little bit after the blaze, so we're able to form it into shelters for the crops. Yeah. Oh, and, okay. and the blaze makes it, like, super fertile. Like, the blaze is part of what makes it, why they can grow so much food. Because I mean, every, every time you see it, it's just like a desert. I've never seen, I've never seen anything <laughs> growing. I, that's, I, was, I was wondering about that part. Yeah. No, I mean you're not wrong. We don't we don't see the the crops they talk about, but I mean there is like a passing reference to how that works out. Yeah, right. right. And then I was going to ask, what is is it a different planet? Is it a different world? Is it a different dimension? Because when they show the assassin going, he's like walking through what looks like a I don't know aircraft hangar, and there's just a line where the color changes, and he like steps through a portal. So I don't know, is that a portal where they're jumping through space, or are they jumping through? A different dimension? That's my next question. What too, was your I, else take on that? Because I don't think it says. I, th- I think it's like a pocket universe. Like, there's not really anything there except for the blister. It's not, it's not like a whole other dimension. It's like a, like a little pocket space. Like, there's like just the blister that's in there. Colonel Weird floating around. and Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was my second question, too. Is like, how do they get to and from? I mean, I, I know it's its own separate... Universe, its own bubble, as they called it. Uh, yeah. But how did they actually get there from Earth to there? They, they, they show them walking through this, like Josh said, a portal or whatever. They, and they is, really... is that on Earth, where that portal where they're walking through? Does it ever explain anything? That is, yeah. They they, they leave from, from Earth to the blister. But, they, oh. yeah, they don't say how it was discovered or how they travel. Like, it, it's not... It, they didn't care enough to tell us. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like Stargate. They just walk through the little gate. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's t- it's two hundred years in the future. It's not something they think about. Like if yeah. somebody from two hundred years in the past came to us and like saw us get in a car and drive away, I mean, they would be mystified. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Matt Death Trap. Witchcraft. Um, uh, that's good. That's all I needed. I, I was just curious right. about those two things. Okay, I, I've got one. Did you all notice anything funny about the last page? Let me look at it again. When that's the monkey sitting out there. Yeah, it's when the griller comes back and we see yeah. him again. Yeah. Yeah. So six six gun. Uh, let me find the page number. Um, 
I'm I'm seeing something there, and I'm wondering if I'm not the only one seeing it. It's page one forty six. You're making it up. Let's see. While we look for it. Uh, okay, so you remember how like the Blaze Kill? I mean, I, I mean, not everybody's going to listen to this episode. We'll have read Six Gun Gorilla because it's kind of obscure. Um, but so the Blaze kills everything except the gorilla. Right, so Six Gun's the only thing that can survive it, and he says it's because of his cloak, but we know it's just because he's a product of uh, Blue's mind. And so Blue Blue ran out there and supposedly died. Right, it was Auchenbrand the assassin, the monk. Uh, the, I know he's not a monkey, Josh. He's an ape. Uh, Six Gun and Blue were all out there together, right? Uh, and they and they all were presumably die, were going to die because because uh, Six Gun was a product of Blue's imagination. When Blue died, then the Six Gun should have died, too. So Six Gun shows back up. Look at his face. I know, he's I thought, got, I blue. He's he's got, got blue, blue eyes. Yeah, he, and he's got Blue's goggles on. Right. Do you think that when the Blaze hit him, like, they combined into one being? And so now Six Gun has an independent existence. Like, that's Blue and Six Gun in that one body. It could be. You think it's, you think it's what we're supposed to get yeah. from that blue eye staring at us? Yeah. Yeah, and he says, you know, the dialogue there, so a new story starts. Which blue was the main part of our story, so. Yeah, I just wondered like that's that blue eye meant like we were supposed to think that blues blues inside six gun now. Yeah, I was going to mention that on the art section, which I know we were just getting into, but didn't through most of the run, uh, the griller wasn't his eyes. They look like red, like there was flames in them, like he is yeah. the blister. Like that was a call to back, like like a little foreshadowing that he's the blister because his eyes always look like fire. Like, yeah, like blister. So, Except yeah. for this, that one Except page. For now, yeah, he's got the blue eye. So that's that's a good yeah. call. I didn't notice that. But, well, I, I think this is probably the fifth or sixth time I've read this thing, and that was the first time I noticed the one that one blue eye looking at us. Right. And it does look like he's got goggles on. I'm looking at. I think, yeah, looking at yeah, it. Yeah, I got it on the big screen. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think you're right. That's a good way to lead into art. So. Yeah, let's let's talk about the art. Um. I, I just want to highlight first of all, I love the way he draws Six Gun. Um, I mean, I you all can, I mean, I'll grant some of the stuff looks funny. It's 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 a different kind of art style, but the way he draws Six Gun is great. Like the way he has him running and jumping and flipping over and shooting his gigantic revolvers upside down. It just he draws the ape so well. I love it. Yeah, whatever is really good. I like the assassin, and sometimes yeah. I like the blue. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes it's like different people. I mean, really. Yeah. Yeah. The, the but uh, Six Gun really stood out as art. Yeah. There, there was times though where I felt like he got out of proportion. There was some times where I felt like his arms and legs got real skinny and real long, and then there was other times when he was like walking or squatted down where he looked real stocky and bulky. So I think some of those. Yeah. Running around, his proportions got off just a little. Uh, Maybe, but he was definitely the best part. And I'm going to say, I know it's something kind of small, but when he's firing those giant hand cannons, those six guns, and you see that big doom in the background, <laughs> that's like my favorite noise word for a gun. <laughs> doom. Like I'm just hearing like this big 50 cal rifle going off yeah. is what I've got going on in my head. Yeah, I love seeing that doom every time. Yeah, and I love that if you're getting hit by one of those rounds. It is your doom. I mean, oh, it's the yeah. perfect sound effect. Yeah, I just, you, know, you shot a couple of horses in the neck and their whole <laughs> body exploded. I mean, it was just wreaking havoc with those things. That is yeah, a hand. 
And I wanted to mention that too. Like whenever somebody get, I love the way. I mean, it's it's a, a terrible thing, but like whenever somebody gets hit by those those bullets, the way there's those giant holes, like a whole <laughs> heads, be like a top of a head still left. It's just it's it's intense, man. Yeah. Uh, for real, looks like you're getting hit with a cannon or a mortar fire or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it it is quirky. But I think some of the quirkiness works for like the for like when the blisters being weird, like the way he draws the uh, the tumble squids and stuff. I think I think it works for that. Yeah, the tumble squids were really cool. I like those. I like the, I think the blister was my favorite part of the art when they were out in the blister, not in the town on Tango or. I didn't like the yeah. studio exec so much. I didn't care for some of that. But, yeah, the blister was was fun. I would say on the art, I liked the main focus of the picture, but the background is what killed it for me. Like, like if you look at the one we're talking about on 146, Six Gun stands out. He looks awesome. If you look at all the background stuff around him, it just doesn't, doesn't match the gorilla. They, they quit halfway through, right, Sam? Exactly. <laughs> there's some squiggles back there. It could be a cloud. Maybe that's a tree. It could be a hump in the dirt. I don't know. Yeah. Some of the backgrounds are lacking. Did you did you guys notice there was a lot of eyes throughout in different places? Like at the studio with the execs. There was a lot of times when they showed a panel when they showed three or four people together that on the walls there was just eyes as like decoration. And there's like a lot of different times I noticed like, oh, there's an eye, there's an eye, there's an eye. And I, I didn't know if that was something because of all everybody's watching everybody else for entertainment that you're always under scrutiny. Everybody's being filmed for other people to watch. So there's just eyes everywhere. That's kind of what I was getting from that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's something too that because it's the logo for the company too, and like when yeah, they show yeah. like when the when the uh, the people are protesting, I think like there's a gigantic eye yeah. on the front of that building too. And I, I mean, I think there's something I haven't quite, yeah, I haven't quite pieced all that out yet. But there's there's something to that. Yeah, that's that's what I was getting. It's just because their business is recording other people's lives for other people to watch. So it's like we're constantly watching everybody. We're constantly watching what you're doing. Uh, and that's kind of what I was feeling on that. Sam, did we, did we cut you off? No, I'm sorry. I was just listening to Josh. Oh, okay. It's the first time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> listening. It happens occasionally. Can't see y'all, so I got to listen. So, I mean, Josh, you gave this thing a, the, the lowest grade, and you said you mentioned the art. You don't usually, you're not usually super picky about art. What, what was it especially that brought it down for you? I think it was the faces. because i can't picture i me and sam both i think we mentioned before the show we struggle with the cast it i when i work off the cast it i go off of looks a lot of times most of these characters don't look like any real person in the world (laughs) like there's nobody i can look at be like oh well they kind of remind me of this actor so you know kind of whatever like they just i don't know they didn't look like real people like they didn't i know it's a character in a comic but i like for them to at least resemble a human anatomy and they just didn't the faces were wrong shapes and weird and i don't know just it's not my not my favorite thing yeah it is really stylized art yeah but i actually wrote in my notes that 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 has good face art oh really yeah see yeah see but i I see what i I look for is not so much that it looks like recognizable humans like that like like yeah that looks like so and so but what I want from face art in a comic book is I want to like to have like really good expressions. Like I'm like I want to know what they're what they're feeling. I think if like it adds something like even more than the text box. Like if you got like, like a good like text along with really expressive faces and even posture can can tell you a lot. Right. Um, 
And I felt like there was a lot of that, especially like well, I, th- I felt like Miss Miss Dora especially. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, her face art was really good. But I thought that you know, if you look at her when she's regular Miss Dora, and then when she's the Lady of the Night Miss Dora, it looks like two different people. <laughs> she really does, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I suspect that that's the case with a lot of people in professions of that nature. I mean, even like models. I mean, you wa- wash the makeup off their faces, and it's like a different person. And they're not even real people. They don't even look like the people they portray. Yeah, I mean, she yeah, looked taller and everything. She just she looked like a completely different person. She probably put some heels on, guy. Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, my wife watches a lot of those makeup videos on Facebook where people like completely like look like can like like change their ethnicity with makeup kind of thing. So I, I just took it as that. Okay, yeah. I, I'll give it that. I wouldn't knock it. I just saying this look. Yeah, I mean you're not wrong. I just didn't think it was a problem. It, yeah. it wasn't a, a a knock for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, but maybe I probably I'm guessing is the weakest. Uh, corner of the pyramid uh, this week is the characters. Um, Sam, what did you think about the characters? In you know, for me, the, the characters, I feel like they only gave like three or four of them any kind of background and good story. The rest of it's kind of, you just meet them and there they are. You don't really know what's going on with them. So like, you know, Miss Dora, you get some background with her. Blue was pretty good. But uh, I mean, overall, I think the characters were the weakest. Yeah, I think Blue's the only guy that gets any kind of development that you see do any kind of transition or change to his character. Everybody yeah. else, like you said, Sam, they're just this is who they are. At issue one, that's who they are. At issue six, you know, they yep. don't. There's no change. So him and Miss Nora is the only ones really evolved any. Right. Well, that that and all of the people who are watching his feed. I mean, there yeah. there was a lot of change back on Earth, but like not individual characters and. Right. So that that was my big takeaway for the characters. They're just not the point. It's not the point of the story. Um, yeah. It's the it's the sort of the, the points that he wanted to make, and um, that and the characters were just like vehicles for the you know the the meaning he was trying to you know, convey. Point, but, yeah. but I did I did like Blue, and I felt like he he like you said he's the only one with an or, with a, with like a story arc. He really is the only one. <laughs> and it's not that big of an arc. No, <laughs> not really. It's not. Yeah, he's just slightly less suicidal at the end, even though he still technically commits suicide. I think less selfish is a good word. You know, he's <laughs> that that's he's less about him. You know, it's not that he's suicidal or any less suicidal. It's just he's he's not so self-centered. He realizes there's other stories beside his own story. Yeah, I love how Sick Sick kept uh, jumping on him for that. Like you keep get you keep thinking it's about you. It's the story is not you are not the center of this. Yeah. Uh, now, if it was if it was a, if it was a Deadpool story, Cisco would have pointed out like, "Hey, it's my name on the cover of the book. <laughs> right. This isn't Blue Thirty Four Twenty Five. It's Six Gun Gorilla." Right. I, I didn't. I didn't have though, much. As I was say, it was Blue's story though. Really, it was more yeah. his story than Six Guns, even though he didn't have the title. But maybe by the end, if that blue eye is what we think it is, maybe he is the Six Gun Gorilla now. Maybe. He could be. Maybe he was always the six-gun gorilla. Because I think even the assassin says you're just a figment of the imagination. You're just uh, imagination turned real in the blaze. So Perfect. nobody nobody saw him until Blue got there. So like you said, Blue created him. 
Well, yeah, because they see the shadow like on the train, like as he's yeah. rolling up his yeah, first he battle. Does. Um, and he's sort of like, and I think it was right after he explained to the other, um, the other suicidal blue guy, like what he did for a living. I think it got yeah. his imagination going, and then Six Gun shows up. Right. Yeah. And the military even says we never experimented on primates. Right? <laughs> Didn't they say yeah. that? Or, or yeah, was that? Or was that one of the script, the scrolls on the bottom when they were showing like a TV screen, and there was always the scrolls going by? I think one of those said, you know, we've never experimented on primates or something. Did you did you all read all all of the scrolls? I didn't. No, I think I read most of them. Yeah, they're pretty funny. Some of them are pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Because um, a lot of the panels um, like are are the are what they're showing on the TV screens, and so like we can see like the little like CNN ticker thing across the bottom or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's funny stuff. But um, I, I'm done with characters. Do you have anything else anywhere on the pyramid before we move to awards? I think we're good. Uh, no, I got everything. All right, let's give out some awards. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? All right, and these are the things that we dig the most in Six Gun Gorilla. And so the first category is one of our staples. Best cover. Did y'all find the covers at the back? Yeah. Oh, I love my right. chapter covers. Chapter 5, all that stuff. That's how I've done it. Okay, uh, well, then you go first, because I'm going to have something different. I didn't go with other chapter covers. What, what did you have with those? Okay, well, I just assumed that was the covers, my bad, because it's not. But I went with uh, page 77. It's chapter four. It's when uh, the big turtle they're riding in on. Yeah, that's cool. I like that one. I think it's the assassin on top, too. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I, that looks good. Yeah, it's cool. It's got a, I, like, a, I mean... Uh, the chapter um, the uh, pages look cool. They're not they're not the covers, but I thought it was a cool feature. Like they kind they kind of look old, like western looking. Yeah, I, I thought they were a cool feature for the graphic novel. As I say, you got a western feel from it, but also in that western feel, it's like a Japanese like samurai sitting on top or whatever a shogun. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got that kind of like samurai looking hat that Auken yeah. Brand wore. Yeah, I like that. Um, well, I went with the uh, the covers in the back. They had the actual covers from the, the the individual issues, and I went with the one on page one fifty. It's the San Diego Comic Con exclusive. Um, it's got the uh, the the four faces. It's got you know blue. Uh, I think that's Dora, although that might be Sue. I'm not sure. Okay. And, and, yeah. Um, Sue ended up playing an important role, but I mean, she never met back up with any of the other characters. And then uh, the assassin and the and the griller on the bottom there. I just I like the way they overlaid them, the different colors. Um, I, th- I thought it, I thought it looked really cool. It was kind of a striking image. Josh, what That's was your favorite cover? Issue one. That was my runner up. Uh, if you go over to page one fifty four, I think it's a better picture of what Sam was claiming is for uh, issue four. Uh, it's him riding one of those giant mutant oxen's with his. That's not his six gun, but he's got a giant what well, appears to be a rifle on his shoulder. Yeah. I like the umbrella, too. It's a nice Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a cool cover. Yeah, I like that one. The, the other one was my runner-up, Jimmy, the one you got on 150. Uh, so I, I don't know if you noticed, you can see the little sliver of his face down there on your cover. There's a bunch of uh, shell casings flying through the air like he's firing his revolver. Yeah, there are, aren't they? Yeah. But your revolver wouldn't have shell casings flying out because they'd be in the cylinder, but that's what they were going for. Maybe he just ejected him. He just the <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, he's reloading. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, 
Best character. Josh, who's your best character? I may have went a little bit off track on this one, but I went with Dora. Miss mm. Dora. Because she didn't have a lot of development, but man, she was going through some stuff and just seeing the struggle <laughs> she was doing to keep everything together in Tango. She was basically the leader of a town. I mean, she was, like Sam said, being a lady of the night to keep her kids safe and to keep the uh, soldiers from looting her town. Like, I mean, she was... She was having a hard life, but she still seemed pretty upbeat and determined to keep going about it. So, yeah, I just like I liked her character. Yeah, she sacrificed a lot. Yeah, and there were some poignant moments for her, like when she was drinking with Blue, and you kind of realize, like, you know, she's not thrilled with how things are going down. Right, right. But you know, she does what she has to to keep her kids safe and to keep her town going, and you know, I respected that for her. So I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. That's a, so I, I think I think there were three right answers here. I think I think there were three people. If you, if you picked any of them, you'd have been okay. So Sam, do you, did you have a different one? Yes, I went with a uh, six gun. The driller. I like yeah, his, his attitude. I mean, there, uh, back again, it reminded me of uh, Clint Eastwood from one of his old western movies. Just his attitude, or John Wayne or something. The Duke. He's yeah, I, I I picked I picked him too. Uh, yeah. I just I love I love Six Gun. I love I love when he's putting people down. I love the way he just just gets so frustrated with Blue, <laughs> and uh and he was just he was just great. Like I think that you mentioned the attitude. I think that was the real key to him. I just enjoyed like his whole attitude toward every other being in the in the blister. When uh, when Blue was oh this guy's about to shoot me in the head all kind of smug like you have to defend me when they were. <laughs> Going up against the bandits. Yeah, you could feel six sandwich. It's like, oh, I got to keep him alive, though. <laughs> like, I'd let you get shot just because you're being a punk. Yeah, and then he runs away. Yeah. On that one. That's pretty funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sam, what's your best panel? I pulled a Josh. I had a hard time picking one, so I got two. I cheated. I got a full page one. Okay, hold, hold on. Actual, hold actual on. panel. Jo- Josh, did you cheat too? No. Let me tell you, you guys have I've historically been the cheater on our awards. The last like three episodes, I, I haven't <laughs> cheated at all. You guys haven't said anything. You keep saying I pulled a Josh. I'm like, I ain't done that in a while. Okay. Well, well I've got I've got one I can pick. I had two down. I was hoping you both would cheat on this one too. So Sam, go give us your two. Go ahead. I'm not just gonna give you one because I had one I really wanted to use. <laughs> but it, it, it's a full page one. It's page seventy six. Okay. That's the right answer. That's what I grabbed. I don't know why. I love that picture. It's awesome. It's It's like killing the zombies, the the squid things. I call them vine people. And just you see uh, six gun laying on the ground and blue like scared in the background. I mean, that was a very striking picture. Yeah. That's that's the biggest sheet I went with. I went with a full page for a panel. Okay, um, that was that was I told you I did the screenshots before. I had a screenshot of that one. That was one of the ones I, had, I was considering. But I went with a different one. I went with page twenty-eight. Okay. And I think technically this is a cheat too, because I think as we said before you weren't supposed to use full-page spreads, but I, I think we all used them this week. And it's the first time we really see Six Gun. Yeah, it turns out just goes howdy. <laughs> And we kind of get the attitude. He's smoking. He's got that gigantic gun that's still smoking, too. Uh, it's yeah, just a because cool... he's huge. He's like the size of a horse. Can you imagine if somebody normal size tried to grab that gun? <laughs> like the size yeah. of their arm. Yeah. Yeah, for real. What was your, what was your backup, Sam? I'm just curious. 
Okay, if we're going to do a backup, uh, it's page 81. It's pretty much the same thing as 76. It's yeah. panel three. It's mostly the page. It's, it's the the squid buying people again, and Blue and uh, the gorilla down there talking. Yeah, I just like the way they draw those. Yeah, the tumble squids are cool. Yeah. Yeah, and see, and that's what I was talking about on the art. Look, look at Blue's face there. Like that's not any real proportions of a human face. It's hard <laughs> for me to look at that and be like, "Oh, that's cool." I mean, uh, I don't know. It just it, it hits my eyes wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Long nose, flat face. It's like and his head. mouth's like a quarter of an inch from the bottom of his face. He doesn't have any chin. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's super stylized art. It, it is. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing I, with you. Yeah. Stylized is the nice is the nice way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna let it ride. I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> All right. Um I'm gonna go first on best dialogue. And mine's on page sixty-four. Um and it's the that whole sort of bottom three panels where Blue starts talking and uh he's ex- sort of explaining um what went wrong with his life basically, and then she's so we t- she because she wants to know his name and he starts giving all these random names from stories that he read in the library. And she says she doesn't understand who are those people. And so it's what he it's what he starts responding at the bottom. He says they're they're fictional. Writer Nelson S. Bond, Amazing Magazine. He says you don't understand because no bleeper has any time for make believe no more. Folks these days got their own lives, and then they got eavesdropping on other people's, and that's all they want. And then, so she says, so it's like lies. And I, I love his response. This is my favorite part here. He says, huh? It's like lies made of thought and joy and art. Lies designed to do nothing but make you feel. And uh, that, that's my favorite dialogue on the whole thing. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. On a side note, he's got the most terrible grammar <laughs> for a librarian I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Everybody has forgotten how to how to speak the English language in this thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Josh, what was your favorite dialogue? My favorite dialogue, you're going to go to page uh, 55. It is... Panel four. It's okay. the little kid who is one of the rebels, and <laughs> yeah, he's explaining why he hates the the other uh, troops, <laughs> and he has no idea why he's supposed to hate them. And I thought that just really illuminated this fight's been going on for over a hundred years. Seems like nobody really knows why they're fighting anymore. That kid just got pulled into the fight. No idea why he's fighting. He just knows I'm supposed to hate you. Uh, well, go, go ahead and read it for the listeners who aren't actually reading the story. All right, so it's uh, they've got uh, Blue tied up, and they're uh, all the other soldiers explaining uh, why they hate them. And uh, see if I can get this pulled up on my big screen here, so I can read it. I wasn't prepared to read it. Uh, it says I've been in the Rebs for four years, and I ain't lost no kin direct. But I heard it's all your fault we're fighting, and y'all started it, so I sure do hate you, yes sir. And I heard tell gray jackets eat babies. And last year I killed a guy and his eye popped out. He gave me bad dreams. That's all your fault. <laughs> so I just, I got a kick because he's hearing all these wild stories. And then also he doesn't even know why he's fighting, you know. No. Yeah, it's just some child soldier that's been forced yeah. into the war. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of sad. We laughed at it, but it's kind of sad. It made yeah. me a little sad when I read it. All right, uh, Sam, what was yours? Go to page 34. It's when uh, Blue and Griller starts talking for the first time. And uh, where's that? I'll show you where I like it at. All right, so it starts on panel four. It's like, 
sir, you're basically a gorilla, aren't you? And Six Gun's like, pretty much. He goes, and your gun uses big uh, bullets, even though there's uh, no combustion here? It does. Also, you're smoking. I am. And you talk less than some. (laughs) That little thing right there just got me. (laughs) He's like, take a hint. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That that was good. I, I had a screenshot of that, too. All right, the next one, I'm, I bet we all have the same answer on the on our next award. Best part of the blister. I bet we don't. I got an oddball one. Oh, really? Okay, then go first. What do you got? It's the, the tumble squids. I like them for some reason. Uh, that's what I had. And I even had a, a, a favorite page. It was that page 76. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I, I just, I love them. I, I think they're a cool concept and they look awesome. Yeah. I did not have tumble squids. I went with something different. Okay. Uh, which technically, I guess, uh, six gun would be part of the blister. Uh, so we could use him. But I went with the uh, giant tortoises they were using in the beginning that they were riding in. Yeah, uh, cool. You know, they're like 80 feet tall and who knows how big. Uh, but yeah, they're using them for war machines, basically. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it's the war elephants there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the um, the the house that they had to drag around because they couldn't let it touch the ground so it wouldn't be affected by the blister. Right. Yep. I thought that was an interesting idea. All right, and on this episode, we're cheating a little. I know we, we sort of promised we'd only do six awards, but we're doing seven this week. <laughs> and so this isn't our last award. I know it's the sixth, but it's not the last one. So best fight. Josh, what you got? Uh, six gun and the assassin fighting at the end. Yep, same here. Yeah. yeah, and I, I even had a favorite moment. I had the same one. I even had a favorite moment when, when Auchenbrand pulls out those extra arms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was guiding right any pages down, just that, that whole fight. I didn't either. Yeah, but I, I, I love that moment where he surprises Six Gun by pulling out those extra arms and cuts off his hand. Yeah. yeah. That was a really good one. Yeah. All right, so here's our seventh one. And this is a little bit uh, morbid, maybe a little grim. Um, but we're doing best kill slash death for the last one here. So, Sam, I think you had a good one. You seemed really proud of your choice for this one. So I what, what like you... this one. So it's like when they first get to town after the the blaze. It's on page 49. And uh, they realize it's uh, <laughs> yep. blue. The next thing you know, just out of the blue, this guy <laughs> comes jumping. A uh, six-gun comes jumping in and rips this guy's head off one hand. He's like, you don't even see you see his hand popping this guy's head off. I'm like, man, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep, I had the same thing. <laughs> I love the sound effect. Splock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at Dora's face back there. Yeah, and I was thinking, you know, she's seen some things and oh, she's yeah. still horrified by what's yeah. going on there. Yeah. That's yeah, funny because had... we had uh, on our notes, we had best fight slash kill. Like we were just going to do one award. And I put that as what I was going to talk about. And then over, I put a, in parentheses, Gorilla versus uh, Assassin. Just because I was going to mention it because I wanted to talk about that because it was so awesome. Yeah. Right, that was pretty fun. So uh, our next section of the podcast is cast it. And this is where we, if we were given the reins to executive produce this bad boy, to adapt this thing into a movie, who would we cast to be in this movie? And so we've got six people here. We're casting blue first because I think if you don't get blue right, you're probably not going to have a good movie. So, Josh, who is your blue? Uh, you're going to make me go first. 
Uh, hopefully you'll bring us home with a good answer. I, I, with the wrong answer, just to let you guys know, is Ewan McGregor. Time machine, you may have to go back 10, yeah. 15 years. Uh, think of like not the island bad. or something like that. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that bad. I don't think it's, it's the right answer. answer. Yeah, it's, no, it's not, not the right answer. Maybe like train spotting Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in that. I can see him being, you know, super emotional about his girlfriend and getting suicidal and, you know, being kind of self-important to the story. I could I could I could see him pulling that off pretty believably. Right. Sam, who you got? So I went with uh, Paul Bettany. I think that's how you say his name. Last name. Oh, that's a good one. Josh is making a face, but I like that. I'm, that that's a jealous face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, OK. So you, you can pick him for about any role from about 10 years ago, and that's blue. That's who I've seen. As soon as, as, soon as I started reading it, I, I know who that guy is. Like from a Knight's Tale? Could be a Knight's Tale. Uh, when he had shaggier hair and he was yeah. not in like crazy good shape, like exactly. a librarian shape. <laughs> I, I, think it's, I think you could still cast him. Yeah, right. you can still cast him now. So you, you, yeah. What's that one with uh, where he's the angel? He's protecting the unborn baby. What's that Legion. movie called? Legion. Legion. So yeah. you can take I didn't, Legion. I mean, even from like Solo, he was, I mean, he still could play the role there. Yeah, I mean, really. All right. I was really proud of my pick. I think you just stole it, though. I think I think you won that one. But I'm going to go with Grant Gustin. Uh, he plays the Flash on the TV show. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I won I, that. Yeah, I feel like he, because <laughs> I mean, Blue's kind of nerdy, not just kind of like, like, I could see Grant Gustin being that kind of nerdy character and, and maybe being depressed. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, yeah. <laughs> like I could see him being that kind of place in life. All right, Sam, you won that one. Yes, I think, think you're. I think you're cheating them when you cast Paul Bettany. I think Paul Bettany and Carl Urban are on this list of like guys that we just you know can do anything for the kind of yeah. stuff that we want to. But we've never really casted Paul for anything. I think I've cast Paul Bettany at least once. I've used him before too. Oh, have y'all? Dang. Well, I used yeah. him in uh, X Force as Angel. <laughs> oh, oh you know, it. yeah. He would have made a good Miguel too. We could have we could have used him last week. I could see Paul Bettany saying all that snarky stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, so Sam, you win that one. I'll I'll concede. All right, Six Gun. This is, this is purely voice acting here. Uh, Sam, who you got for Six Gun? I have the right answer, so I can let y'all know I was proud of this one too. Okay. Clancy Brown. Ooh, yeah, that's a good choice. It's Hergen. Yeah, that's real good. Yeah, that's strong. Josh, who'd you have? I, I struggle with this one. I went back and forth with like three different people, uh, but I settled on James Earl Jones. That's good, too. I was going to use uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. But I can't see him saying and using the language Six Gun Gorilla was using. <laughs> like, I, didn't, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I just couldn't hear him doing it. But James Earl Jones, I think he'd pull it off. Well, I I went with um I've got two I've got two picks. Uh, one is Idris Elba. I, I just I think he's I think he's got a great voice. But I think that my final choice, and I think Sam may still have the right answer here, is I I like Ron Perlman for this kind of role. Ron Perlman's not bad. Yeah, because the way he is just so dismissive. I mean, I think of like the way Ron Perlman was as you know as Hellboy or Hellboy. as the or as the the black market guy in Pacific Rim. The way he treated yeah. Charlie Day in that movie is kind yeah. of is kind of hell. He's good. Yeah. Treats blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're on a roll, though, Sam. I think Clancy Brown's the right answer. Clancy Brown is the right answer. I also wrote down Ron Perlman, and then I was thinking about later days. Like, you know what? Clancy Brown is the right answer. 
Yeah. Yep. So I just have it on Perlman on my uh, on my sheet. All right. You're on a roll here. I'm going to go first on Sue. And Sue is his ex that figures out what's going on and help, helps. Basically, she shuts things down on the other side. And I picked Jessica Chastain uh, for Sue. I just, I, I mean, especially. What's that? What's her, where's she from? I know the name. Uh, she's in the new It movie. She's the redheaded lady in the new It movie. Um, she's in Interstellar. Um, she's uh, McConaughey's daughter in Interstellar. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's really good, and um, I, I could just the way that Sue was reacting toward Blue in like in the flashback scenes, I just really see her pulling that off. Uh, Josh, who you got for for uh, I was gonna say who you got for Jessica Chastain? <laughs> <laughs> Sue. That that that's how convinced I am that I'm right. Uh, yeah. Josh, who's your Sue? I went with uh, Sarah Highland. You might know her from Modern Family. She's the oldest daughter of the okay. uh, main family. I thought she had the look. Uh, I don't know that she's been in a whole lot else besides Modern Family. Uh, she's pretty good actress, though. Jamie's being nice and pulling the Google box out. I, yeah, he's I, looking I, it I up. Heard, I hurt your feelings the last time I said I didn't care enough to look it up, so I'm looking it up. He's never watched Modern Family, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah I don't watch Modern Family, so. Uh, it's a good show. It's not bad. <laughs> All right, while I'm looking this up, Sam, who's your suit? All right, so everybody knows her. This is when I seen Sue. This is who I thought of. I don't know if it's the right answer, but I thought of Kira Knightley for some reason. Mm. I, I thought if I cast Paul as uh, Blue, I think she'd play good off him when they done their when they done their stuff together and when he's remembering. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's solid. I like that one. I think I won that one though. I think Jessica Chastain is Sue. I'm I'm really confident in that one. But, I, I'm not gonna give in, but I think Karen Knightley and and hers. No, it's, th- th- those were all good choices. M- maybe maybe I can't get IMDb to tell me who this lady is that Josh picked, but uh, oh. she's not bad. She's just young though. She's real young. So you say that, Sam. She's thirty. She's just a couple years younger than me. Really? She looks like she's fourteen, but she's not. She's <laughs> she's one of those. She's like Justin Long. She's gonna be playing high school kids until she's forty. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, let's let's move on. We'll we'll just well nobody had a right answer on Sue. We, we'll just agree to disagree on that one. All right, Miss Dora. Josh, who's your Miss Dora? This is the one I'm really proud of. This is the one I okay. think I got right. I went with Lauren Cohen from Walking Dead. She played Maggie. Yeah, that's a good pick. I really like that one. I've got a good one too, though. Oh What's yeah. Uh, Anne Hathaway. Ooh, that's not a bad one at all. Yeah. Ooh, that's a real good one, actually. Yeah. All right, Sam, who was your Miss Dora? Well, I thought of Sin City, Jessica Alba. If you give her that's not bad. Hair, if you give back her dark hair, she can play, you know, kind of the the helpful person, and she can do the, the ladies of night thing too. I think I won that one though. I'm I think even more I, really I think I think Anne Hathaway's right answer. It's not a it's not a great night for me. I'm just hoping I don't have a Bushimi on my list somewhere. No, you I'm, I'm, I'm fine with seconds and thirds. I'm okay with that. I don't <laughs> I don't need another Bushimi on my record though. No, I, I think Jamie won that one. Okay, awesome. I got I got a concession there. All right, uh, so let's move on before he changes his mind. 
So our next one is uh, Mr. Auchenbrand, the assassin. And this is the the snaky type guy with extra arms, who I would love to hear more of his backstory of how he came to be. Um, but I went with Andrew Scott, and he plays Moriarty on the Sherlock TV show. Okay, yeah, I'm who you're talking about. That's a good one. Yeah. One with the Hunter Patch, where his name is in it. What is it? Yeah, yeah. And he, he does that kind of unhinged, crazy, but like menacing thing. I'm, I I think this, I mean, if I was really making a movie, I would pay whatever I had to pay to get him to play. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's a really good one. Yeah. All right. Josh, you're, you're seeming real unconfident over there. Who you got? <laughs> I wanted to go first so we would have to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I, I went not so much on looks, so this ain't going to be one off of looks, but I went off of crazy and very athletic and a good fighter. I went with Jason Statham. That's not bad. I think he could pull a wildness off. Uh, maybe a little. He's got unhinged. the accent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's got the accent. Okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. Not, All right. Who'd you, who'd you have, Sam? Let's let's see who Sam had. Michael Fassbender or whatever. He plays Magneto in yeah, X Men. Yeah. New X Men. I really liked him for that one, for the assassin, because he does crazy. I mean, he's like Josh said, athletic and all that stuff. I, and he's got the accent also. I, I really think he could play it off really well. I haven't seen him be that unhinged though. Watch I'm not saying he can't do it. Fassbender's a great actor, but watch 300. Okay. He's in it. He's the guy that does the big jump, cuts the other guy's arm off. He's looking for the glorious death. He does unhinged well. I've seen bits and pieces of that. I don't remember Fastmeter being in that. Yeah, yeah he's, he, he was, was weird with really long hair. He's only ever had short hair. He's, Maybe that's what it is. I didn't yeah, recognize he was it. weird with long hair. All right, so for general vertige, there's a right answer. I think there is a single right answer for this. Uh, as, as they call her in the book, this is a quote. This is not me being mean. The beefy lady. Yeah. Uh, Josh, who did you, you want to get yours out of the way? Yeah, let's You're still get looking? mine out of the way. I'm having yeah, a bad at... now. Let's just still. I don't want to be the last <laughs> one to go. So, uh, now we're going to pull some of the CGI they used in The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, where they made okay. Gandalf look huge. Uh, but we're going to go with Glenn Close. She's kind of scary sometimes. I think she's yeah. scary. Yeah. That's and we're going to have CGI making her big, so I think we could we could make the proportions right, but. I can see her no, she, killing she's a, she's a great actor and she yeah, does she, she does do crazy. But yeah. I don't I don't see that. Right. Okay, so it's not terrible though. It's not terrible. Not, okay. terrible. not a Bushimi pick? No. no, no I made no, that free and clear. I didn't I didn't have a terrible <laughs> pick this one. That's all I was hoping for. Right, Sam, who was your uh, general virtue? I had the right answer. So you okay. don't have to give your answer, Jamie. Her okay. I, Gwendolyn okay. Christy, she plays Brienne of Tarth. Tarth from Game of Thrones. I started yeah. to go with her, but she's a big, uh, imposing lady. Real she tall. Played, uh, uh, oh, who's the lady in the silver armor in the new Star Wars movies? I, I just blanked yeah, on her. Phasma. Her. Yeah, she plays yeah. Phasma too. Yeah, that's her. That's still the wrong answer. Oh, what's what you got, man? I got here. All right, Kathy Bates. No. Yes. I know she's not beefy and she's not winning any fist fights, but Kathy Bates is authoritative. She's menacing. She's scary. Have you all seen The Highwayman yet? Mm-hmm. No. That's twice. It's from Show's Row you've mentioned. You, it. we got to watch it. Yeah, you got to watch it. Kathy Bates is great in that. She plays like the, this uh, tough lady who's like the Texas governor in an era when ladies weren't governors in Texas. And she's just 
tough as nails, and she's general verted in her dress. Like, yeah. uh, she was on The Office for a while, wasn't she? Wasn't she Saber or something know. when Saber took over? Maybe. I, I quit watching that, that show after a while. It kind of fell apart. For me. Yeah, it did. I see reruns every now and then. But uh, She was in... Uh, uh, Misery. Stephen Misery. King. Yeah, I kept thinking Rose Matter, but Misery. Yeah, she yeah. she she played a scary person in that. She played in Blind Spot, too. She was the tutor. She was really good in that, too. Sort of. Didn't take crap from nobody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's who General Verted is. I mean, clearly we're going to have to CGI this character no matter who we cast in it. But it's like the Kathy Bates. Well, it's fine. Whatever. We can, we can agree to disagree, <laughs> but I think I want that one. All right. So, solid cast from everybody this, this week. Those were, those were strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Not worse, Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. I appreciate no, yours that. weren't bad. You weren't, you weren't, they weren't bad. Um, I told you, man, this art style throws me off because I like to kind of get an idea of what the person looks like from the comic and work off of that, and I just, it wasn't, wasn't humanly possible this week. <laughs> <laughs> Well, next time it's got a, it's not as quirky, but you're not going to have recognizable people for the next one either. And so, Sam, why don't you preview this next pick for us? This is yours. Okay, so I went with uh, Eternal Warrior. And, I, I mean, I really had no reason to pick it other than I seen the cover and really enjoyed the cover. And then I read the summary, and I liked the summary. So then I picked it up after I put it on the list. I didn't read it before I put it on the list. Then I read it and thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Josh is going to like this one, too. It reminds me of one of my favorite books I read by... Brent Weeks, it's the Not Angel trilogy. The main character reminds me of Durzo Glint. Ooh, that's good. It's really good. It has a, that feel, that kind of feel for it. Just a great story. And this is another Valiant, uh, another Valiant. series. Right, Valiant I'm going to pick something from somebody else. <laughs> We're about out of Valiant. Well, not really. But no, maybe. there's a lot of Valiant. Yeah. yeah, didn't somebody have XO Man Award coming up? In well, that's Valiant? Me. Yeah, that's me, actor, Eternal Warrior. Mm-hmm. Jamie, is your next one going to be Valiant? No. Oh. No. Um, I'm letting Sam pick all the Valiant, so I don't get blamed for it. <laughs> I don't care, man. I'll take the blame. <laughs> I'm, I just got introduced to this Valiant because of the show, and I hope other uh, li- listeners are, too, getting introduced to it and picking it up, man, because it's, it's top-notch. Um, I th- well, well let's, tell you what, let's review that when it's his turn to be reviewed. I was getting ready to get into it, but... <laughs> But guys, I'm glad we read Six Gun Gorilla. Um, I am too. I, I had a lot of fun rereading. I had fun talking to you about it. So yeah, no, it's good. It's definitely got a, a great story. So if you're if you're if you're okay with a little bit quirky art, as you like to call it, Jamie, I, I would definitely go out and read this, guys. Anybody out there listening? Yeah, it's it's, it's stylized art. <laughs> great story though. It's a really good story, and it leaves you thinking. Mm-hmm. All right, fellas, I, I think we've exhausted our brains here. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Uh, we had. Uh, did you all see the uh, stats I sent out? Yeah. All right. Uh, we had a new. We had a new uh, international leader in the clubhouse. So Germany is has overtaken Norway. And so, uh, so good night, Germany. See you, Germany. Good night. Salute. See ya. Later. <laughs>